Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. I am very, very excited because, you know, it's Friday. With, you know, actually, it's funny. Uh, Friday means absolutely, it's like a Tuesday for me. I'm, I work for myself, and so, you know, I'm working every day, man. It isn't like I get the weekend off or anything. Um, if anything, it's a little more difficult because everybody else is off. <laughs> I have to go to the store, the hardware store, so it's, the lines are longer. But these are first world problems, and I'm not complaining. Hey, um, for those listeners in uh, South Florida and areas of the South that are affected by the hurricanes and whatnot, um, now just a reminder, I've been doing this all week. Get those trees trimmed and, um, you know, get a plan together for all of your outside stuff. Um, you don't want it coming on the inside during a hurricane at, you know, 200 miles an hour or something. Um, a lawn chair can do a lot of damage. So just have a plan uh, on how to, you're going to secure everything in a time-efficient manner. I know I sound paranoid, and I've only lived – I've lived here in Florida now, um, gosh, going on 10 years. Uh, I Rest assured, when I lived in Southern California, um, I was the same with earthquakes. I, I had my little earthquake uh, kit. <laughs> I was as ready as I could be, man. <laughs> I'm the same way here with the hurricane. Um, it's crazy, you know, you go through one and you're like, ooh. Yeah, this is... So I've, I'm all set here, or set as we can be. Okay, well, on to the, for today's show. We've got two fantastic um, actors on uh, film people, and uh, we're going to be talking about a fantastic film. I watched this a couple weeks ago for the first time. I rewatched it. Um, earlier this week, and um, just to be, you know, prepared for the show and whatnot, and it is a great film. The film is called Painkiller, uh, we're talking about, and I would like to welcome, without further ado, uh, Mr. Tim Parnell, and actor extraordinaire, one of my favorite people in the whole business, uh, Mr. Bill Oberist, Jr. Gentlemen, how are you? Thanks, Jamie. You're doing well. I mean, by the way, I'm a lifetime resident of Florida. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm with you on the hurricane stuff. <laughs> it's just been <laughs> in my mind, you know. <laughs> um, oh man, Bill, how you, you doing? Know, it's a funny. Yeah, Bill, what's going on? I'm doing great, man. So thanks for having me. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Bill, you were both of you in this film were fantastic. Um, just out of sight. It's, it's you know, uh, fantastic subject matter. Bill, you're known for playing, um, you, you know, you, you've played a lot, of, a lot of different characters, actually. But you, you particularly can play very well, um, you know, a, a crazy, a psycho, you know, um, something <laughs> strange. And, and, you know, this 
crazy person in this film, and I don't even know if they're really crazy. I get where they're coming from. I understand it. I empathize with your character. Um, did you did you react that way when you first got the script? Yeah, I did because as much as I would try to pretend otherwise, I also have within me the um, same kind of revenge fantasies that all humans have. I think it's, it's it's very natural. I mean, it happens with something as small as somebody cuts you off in traffic, you know, and you imagine things happening to their car. Uh, but in the case of something huge that happens in your life that you feel is really wrong and nobody has responsibility for it and you've suffered this tremendous loss, it's very, very human. And that's why you have movies like Death Wish with Bronson, which becomes a classic, and that's mm-hmm. what I was immediately reminded of reading the script, but with, a, of course, an additional level, knowing that it was based on the, the tragic loss that Tom sustained. So, yeah, I did see him as, a, as an anti-hero in sort of the Bronson mode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think he had I, – I think – well, you know, it's the time we live in. Um, you know, Bronson um, – I remember going to New York uh, for the first time when I was a kid. I was about 12 years old. Went with a family uh, friend. Uh, they were going on vacation and took me along. And Times Square and all that was kind of rough in those days. It was definitely different than today. And I could absolutely see <laughs> the gangs of, of Death Wish, uh, at least the first movie, um, going down in, in such an environment. You know what I mean? Um, but I got to tell you, I watched when I was watching Painkiller. I really liked the villains getting their comeuppance. Um, you're right. It was a revenge fantasy. I bought into it wholeheartedly. Well, that's the trick, guy. isn't it? I mean, that, that's the trick is to make people, to trick people into rooting for someone who's doing something which is morally reprehensible. That's a parlor trick of these, this subgenre of films um, and it allows people to get emotionally invested in it, and then you can really hit them with the wallop, which I think that uh, Tom and Mark's script did. Absolutely. Now, Tom, uh, we mentioned before we came on mic, you know, I, I didn't make, mean to make light of anything or anything, but this, this, this story hits very close to home for you, as I understand. Um, you yeah. Family yeah, member that yeah, I lost, got hooked I lost on my it, son. So. I lost my mm. son uh, December December twenty third, twenty seventeen, and 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 the difference, somewhat of a difference, is he wasn't an addict as we know it, you know, as we as we usually define it. I mean, mm. he was about to finish his last semester at college, and and he was about to start a business that I I got him into, and I mean, he was drinking too much beer. But when I was twenty two, I can't tell you how much stuff we were doing at Florida State, but you know. Right. Um, I didn't know. I know he was he was kind of doing on the sly, and and he went out to Re- to Reno to to spend Christmas with his sister and, and mother, and he got you know got some took him with I don't know, but he overdosed and 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 he passed you know mm. the single single worst day of my mm. life. You know you bring you bring up about you know Bill going on the the terror and killing killing the the CEOs and pharmaceutical companies and doctors and and uh, street dealers and stuff. You know I mean that was the when I wrote when I wrote that it was more like because you you blame yourself and, and Bill said some lines in there about how he's not totally blameless, you know, and, and I wrote that because that's the emotion that, the, that you feel is like, what the hell could I have done different? What, you know, we were close, close, very close. And, and I, I, I raised him the best I could, you know, and I, I thought we did a great job and, and we did, but I didn't know that he was going through this. I just 
couldn't see it externally and and uh, and but you want you want to blame yourself but you can't change anything you can't blame your child because they're gone you know who else to blame i mean right. that's where it came from you know let's take it out on the the ones that are, are at least partially responsible not totally but you know if they would manufacture and sell this crap to to, to anyone with an ache and a pain you know it wouldn't be wouldn't be out there so prevalent and i got to tell you i mean somebody asked me a couple of people about creating a legacy for my son and this just was, you know, right after he passed, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't what, what, what legacy? He was 22. He was just about to start his life, and I just, I didn't want to start some other charity or nonprofit and all that. There's so many of them anyway, dealing with rehabilitation and drug addiction. But about a couple of years later, Mark and I were writing, and I thought the, the idea hit me, and I, and uh, he liked it. He flew to Tampa, and we wrote the script. The, actually, the first draft we got done in about a week. It just poured out of me like, like sweat. Mm. Well, you know, you know it, Jamie. It, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. No, it wasn't. That wasn't Tom. It was me. I wait till you guys are done. I just. No, go ahead. Bill, it's, go hard ahead. With, it's, yeah, go it's hard with it's hard with a three way conversation. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll muddle through. Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. So, something that um, that Tom said, and then we talked about on set. This, I think, part of the rage that people feel in the opioid crisis is um, it. It's not confined to the opioid crisis. It's the facelessness of corporations. There's no one personally ever to blame. It's no one's fault. No one ever says they're sorry because there's no person to say they're sorry. And if anything is ever said, it's something like uh, mistakes were made. As if, you know, it's mm-hmm. all very non-personal. But people feel lost. I remember a poem that Carl Sandburg wrote. Back in 1918 in his Chicago poems, and it's about a guy who has lost his arm in a manufacturing accident, and the president of the company sends him a check, and it's a pitiful check. It's like, I don't know, a week's wages or something, and that's it. There's nothing else, and so Sandberg is the guy's friend in the poem, and Sandberg says, aren't you going to do something? Aren't you going to make somebody pay? And the fellow without the arm just very dejectedly says, they ain't nobody to make pay. They always win. They always win. Mm. And he won't do anything mm. else about it because he knows there's nothing else to do about it. And that's what it boils down to. And the opioid crisis is a textbook example of how they always win. Right. Right. And it, it's insidious. It really is. Uh, you know, personally, I a, a couple of years ago, I've never um, – and, and I – Believe me, I've been in the hospital and had stuff happen and, and you know, was, was thankfully given painkillers. Um, but my father, this was, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago um, when he was still with us, uh, he um, he was a veteran. And, um, you know, he was older. He had aches and pains and this and that. You know, he lived a man's life and, uh, you know, was always working outside and stuff. And he went to the clinic, the veterans uh, hospital, and they had, you know, they had prescribed him um, uh, the yellow pill. I don't know if we can even say what they are. It doesn't matter, I guess. Vicodin. And I gave him a big bottle of them. Not, you know, not not 30 or something, but like 300 pills in a big bottle. And um, he started taking those. It felt great, you know. And one one of the things with the veterans hospital is I guess you have to, if you have uh, checkups, you have to see a, a, a therapist, like on your third checkup or something. I don't know how, what it is, but something like that. 
And the therapist asked me, you know, how things are going. And he said, uh, yeah, I feel amazing. You know, as long as I take these pills in the morning and uh, around dinner time and uh, maybe before bed, you know, and the doctor was like, we got a problem here. And I remember my father very dangerously, um, you know, put him in a safe, got bought a safe, didn't give my mom the code and, um, you know, was, was a bear to live with for a couple of weeks. So he got off of him. And that was the extent of it. But, you know, I was talking to my sister and I said, we are so lucky. We are so lucky that somebody caught that because this could have went down a whole nother path, you know. And she goes, well, I couldn't see him doing it. I said, you don't know, man. I, I, I said, you ever have a toothache? You'll do anything to make that stop, <laughs> you know. And if you don't fix that tooth, it ain't going to stop, you know. Uh, no matter what you do, it's it's an insidious, insidious, uh, you know, plague upon our society, and and it so much, so many things just lead right to it, crime, et cetera, you know, and it's just bad news, man. bad news bears. Well, that's well, that's the thing, wow. Jamie. That's the thing, though. You know, these things are so much stronger now. I mean, look at fentanyl. I mean, fentanyl itself, they say, is a hundred times stronger than heroin. I mean, oxycontin mm. is called hillbilly heroin. I mean, that's time release, so they grind it up. Or, or when pill form, they can chew it up. It was it was meant to, to I think, spread out over 12 hours, and they're taking it all in one dose. So when you take that, you're right. Toothaches, whatever your aches and pains are, nobody wants to hurt. And you take a couple mm-hmm. of these, and you sleep great, and you wake up, and you hurt. You take one, and the hurt's gone. It's only human nature. They're going to continue to take them and, and not be as lucky as your father. You know, I mean, we've lost a half million Americans since 2010 to these damn things. And, and, and you know, and not only that, you've got a nation full of addicts now. I mean, and, and, and again, mm-hmm. they, don't necessarily, they don't necessarily die of painkillers, not all of them. But that's where they start. Nobody starts mainline in heroin or, or, or fentanyl. You know, they right. start with painkillers. Then they're not doing the trick anymore, or they can't get them because finally a doctor wouldn't prescribe them anymore. And they, they start buying street-level drugs, and, and, and then they're dead. And that's, that's the difference between right. now and then. And the pharmaceutical companies, you know, the one family, you know, nobody's gone to jail. Nobody's gone to jail. And they, 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 were, they were fined, I don't know how many, they, they barely paid the fine. They haven't even paid the fine. And their net worth is still like $12 billion. So, no, you know, absolutely. It's just profit. You know, nothing but pure-ass profit, and that's all they care about. And it's like, it, it reminds me of when Ford and the Pintos were blowing up back in the 70s. I don't know if you remember that. You know, and they do that a lot with recalls. So they thought, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be cheaper to pay a few claims for estates. You know, when people get burned to death, uh, but but rather than recall every pinto out there. And it's the same thing. They're making the same financial decisions, regardless of the deaths and and the destruction of families in this country. And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. 
Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Well, we got to do something as a society about it. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I would encourage everyone, you know, remember this on election days, you know, get behind people that want to do that. I'll tell you, I watched that video last week. I think it was last week. Maybe it was earlier this week. I, since the pandemic happened, my sense of time is all wonky. Um, but, man, I saw that video that it was some senator. I can't remember her name. It was a, a woman senator. And, man, she laid it out. I knew this guy. She, they were doing some kind of Senate thing, and they had the, uh, the CEO of some drug company on there. And as soon as she pulled out the whiteboard, I'm like, oh, this guy's in trouble. That is not going to, <laughs> this is not going to go well. And it didn't. 
You know, she's like, well, how much did you spend in this? And just had all of her numbers. I'm like, you might as well just folded your hand there, buddy. You were done. But we need more <laughs> of that. We need more people, you know, putting this up. Because it is it's just a money-making scheme. That's all there is. I don't think there's a whole, maybe a, a cut of the clothes between, a, you know, a lot of these CEOs and the guy down on the rough side of town on the corner. You know, they're just selling dope is what they're doing. And it, it ain't no and good. It ain't okay. And you know, watch just just like that doctor helped save your probably saved your father's life. You know, I mean, watch your your friends, your family. You you see them taking pain pills. How many do you have? How often are you taking those? What are you taking them for? You know, be vigilant about it. You know, that's why that's why I wrote the script. That's why we filmed the movie. I just want to get it out to as many people as possible. There's a lot of other stuff. There was Crime of the Century on HBO. Did a great job on it uh, a week mm. or so ago. Just to get the message out. You know, be careful. You know, you don't need a, a a fentanyl lollipop for a backache, you know, when the off-target yeah. marketing started and, and the vid and the videos, get more patients, get more patients, you know, I mean, that, that's all mm. it was about, but, you know, watch your family, watch your friends, your relatives, you know, don't, you know, educate them. If, if you, well, I've had a lot of people tell me they didn't realize these statistics until they watched the movie. They didn't know that this was this big a problem because they hadn't been personally touched by it. But, you know, there's a, there's a line in the movie when Bill's doing the radio show that says, you know, his best friend in the world you know, was was a, did two tours in Vietnam, self-made millionaire, raised four kids, married to the same woman for over 40 years, never took a drink, never took a drug, had a knee replacement that went bad. Doctor gave him oxycodone. In six weeks, he was addicted, and in six months, he was dead. And if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone, and that's the message. Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's crazy, you know. It's uh, I tell you, I was having uh, this is last year. I was having to make some pains. And it's pretty obvious what the problem was. I'm overweight, you know, and I, I don't get enough sleep and I, I do too much, you know. I mean, it ain't a big mystery of what the issue is. But I was talking to a doctor friend of mine and I said, man, I said, I, I got to get something. Cause I, am just, I feel like the tin man when I wake up in the morning, you know, before he gets the oil can. It is bad. <laughs> and he says, I'll tell you what, he goes, I'm going to prescribe you something for free. He goes, this is the best thing you can do. He goes, drink a big glass of water before bed, you know, and uh, get a good seven hours sleep. You'll be amazed how well you feel in the morning. And he was right. <laughs> he was right. It's, but not everybody has that. I mean, I just had aches and pains from getting a little older. But, um, you know, some people have, like you're, you were saying there, the example in the movie, you know, with the guy with the knee on. I mean, man, pain sucks. And, and people oh, will do things. I well, wish. I'm over I'm, I'm over 60, brother. So you know, I, every morning I gotta I gotta stand up when I get out of bed just to see if I'm gonna fall down, and then then start walking to limber my knees up. And I got lower back issues, but I work out twice a day here at the house, and not and not to build muscle or to get bigger. I do it just so I can function. But I'm not taking painkillers, and I'm not taking anti-inflammatories. I'm taking exercise. That's what I'm taking, and I've lost Absolutely. weight. Absolutely eating right and getting sleep and doing the things that I can do to help control this. And then, you know, then that's what people need to do more of. Oh yeah. And it, it, I got, I got injured during the pandemic. I got in, I get in these weird hobbies uh, before the pandemic, it was grilling. I, I now own, you know, four grills and, and a big fire pit grill thing. Um, but during the pandemic, I got into this organic gardening and um, man, I've got, I've got a giant backyard and, it is a, you know, there's there's 
stuff growing everywhere. Um, I'm growing everything from peanuts to onions and uh, nice. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, one of the cool things about it is, you know, you grow all this stuff. That's the first challenge. And then you're like, well, what do we do with it, you know? Uh, well, maybe when we get back from McDonald's for dinner, we'll figure out uh, who we can give to all those <laughs> vegetables to. And then we just cut the McDonald's out, you know? We're like, hey, let's watch some YouTube videos. We have all of human knowledge in front of us here. And so then we started cooking all this stuff, and we're eating a lot healthier, dropping a few pounds. It's working out, man. It's working out. So you're right. You can, you know, just live better. Pay attention. Um, yep. What a movie. What a, I'm so glad you guys made this film, though. Uh, the film is Painkiller. It's out right now, folks. Uh, you can watch this on Amazon um, and, and other places, video on demand. Uh, it's it's a fantastic film, and it's, it's going to help get the word out about this. But it's a big problem, big problem. Um, just crazy. Bill, you know, when you got this script and, and you related to it, I mean, were you – you probably – I mean, you're in entertainment. Oh, you both are, you know. You've probably known people in these situations. And you're just in life, a human being. Um, did you have uh, – did something come to mind uh, that had you had seen in your personal life when you were reading this? Uh, yes. <laughs> the only operation I've ever had in my life was a hernia operation. Um, which I got, which I got from lifting a, a fifty pound a fifty pound rear screen projection device for my Ray Bradbury, and with the infamous words, "No, no, thanks, guys, I got it." So, uh, yeah, so so I had this great complete repair operation, but it hurt like hell, and they gave me the little pills, and mm-hmm. uh, the doctor said, "Don't take these unless you really feel that you have to." Well, about the second night, I really felt I had to, and so I took one. And I got to tell you, Jamie, the next morning, I felt like I was 17 years old. I had not slept that well in literally decades. And uh, I was like, this is fantastic. I uh, took another one that morning. And then luckily, by the grace of God, I uh, had to call my doctor. And, you know, he wanted to like, what the nurse called and what's going on. And I said, everything's great. You know, and these pills are fantastic. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so, yeah, I backed away, but if I'd gone a couple more days, I don't know if I'd have wanted to back away because the feeling was um, right. truly euphoric, and it's really amazing to feel that. And as you said, we're all human, and we want to feel good. And the 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 insidious, and I would say the wicked thing is for companies to produce something that they know, they know is going to make People feel I have to have more of these to know how dangerous it is, it is, and to do it anyway because they can make money. But, I mean, that's the story of since the Industrial Revolution, this has happened in various forms. And this is the latest uh, itineration of it. It's wicked. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Back in my wilder days, I, I knew a gal. I knew this gal. This is out in uh, – where the hell was I living at the time? Denver, I think. And um, she was – I used to go to a lot of nightclubs, and I lived a pretty fast life. And uh, this particular gal was, uh, you know, she that's how she made her money, selling uh, stuff to people. And uh, I asked her one day, I said, well, I said, you know, you're selling all this hard stuff to these real scumbaggy people. You know, why don't you sell the, the fun club drugs and stuff? You know, that's, that's more fun. 
And she said, those people do those when they go out socially. They don't have to have them. Um, the people wow. that I'm, I'm guaranteed money. And that was her attitude. And that was really the last time I ever hung out with her because I was just like, I, I, I can't handle, I guess, morally hanging out with a person like this, you know, but it really, when I was watching your film, I thought about her and I thought about that conversation. And I said, some of these people are no different. They have that, that the same attitude and they don't care. They're, they're just a number for them, and they don't care because there's 70 people lined up behind the somebody who dies to take their place buying this crap, you know. And it's uh, it's a it's a bad scene, man. It's a bad scene. And you know, Jamie, um, it's it's a very heavy it's a heavy moral lift to expect people like your friend not to sell those pills. It's a heavy lift. It's very easy to moralize and say, oh well, they shouldn't do that. But when Everybody else that you know is doing it. I mean, if, if that's right. your world, and everybody's doing it, and there are customers, and you know that if you don't sell it to them, someone else will, it's really right. hard to say, no, you should not do this because it's morally right. So I put less of my rage towards her than towards the well-educated, well-heeled people who did not have to make this money, but who just wanted more money by creating a product they knew was harmful and did it anyway. Exactly. They weren't having to pay the rent or buy groceries. They, you know, I need a bigger yacht. Um, just yeah, be- because, to, to, to quote the Apostle Paul from the New Testament, all things that are allowed to us, are not beneficial for us. And that's true for a society, too. We're a wide-open capitalist society. You can create any damn thing you want if you think there's a market for it, but that doesn't mean that it's right. That's what we've lost right. in this society is the idea of what is decently right and wrong. That's been completely overridden by what will make me money. Sorry, that's, that's my sermon. As Mark Twain used to say, pardon me <laughs> if I'm... Pardon me for preaching. I just never hear any preachers do it. It's true. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, Bill, you've also, love got, it. You know, you've, also, you've also got the people, that, the soccer moms, the businessmen, the family people. Well, they put their trust in their doctor. And they think, well, the doctor wouldn't be giving me this if I didn't need it. I mean, he, he's my caregiver. He takes care of me, so it must be okay. And it's under that veil mm-hmm. that, that they continue to, to, to participate until until they're hooked or they, they start having problems and, and then the race is on. But I think that's, that's, that's a lot of what's going on too. And now folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. 
Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering Amethyst, Energizing Citrine, Colorful Fluorite, The Other Side of the Sun, Earth's Treasures Brought to Light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N dot com. MichelleAubion dot com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're all making money, and, and they don't – they just don't care, you know, how they're doing it. Uh, not all. Not all. I'm – you know what – I will say this: there was that therapist my father saw. Thank God! Uh, thank God for that. Um, you know that that there was a that, that I, I think that a lot of them out there aren't so honest about that, and uh, they, they keep people patients and they they keep keep them coming back. It's uh, it ain't how I would do business, um, but there's a lot of people out there who do, and. Well, yeah, and I think, it's, I, think it's worth, I think it's worth I think it's worth saying that um, you know mo- I, I think the majority of doctors now, especially as, as as much education exposure as this has gotten, most doctors that I know and and I'm a personal injury lawyer, so I mean I deal with doctors all the time, and and many many of these doctors will not prescribe uh, you know pa- painkillers at that level. 
uh, class two drugs, they won't do it. They're, a lot of them have signs on their front desk that they, they're not going to prescribe that. So, you know, and I think I think mm. it's I think it's getting a little better. I mean, the statistics wouldn't bear that out. You know, we lost almost ninety thousand Americans during during two thousand. Um, I mean, twenty twenty. Mm. And and so and so, but I think but I think I think it's getting better. I'm hoping it's getting better. Um, you know, as, as much education is out there now, and the exposure, the states going after these pharmaceutical companies, the West Virginia trial that's going on right now. You know the, you know the Insys guy that was put in prison for five years. I mean, it's, I'm hoping it's starting to gather momentum. I mean, you're never going to stop this totally, but I think we're heading in the right track. Well, I think you're right. I think that, you know, you got to make the the punishments suck. <laughs> you know, that will get somebody's attention. Five years in prison. Um, that is not a, a fun thing to, I think, for anybody. Um, that's a that's a that's a big cry from the country club and the yacht set, you know. Um, nobody wants <laughs> yeah, that. but you know they're 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 finding they're finding billionaires millions of dollars. I mean, they're just simply taking right, some of the profit happened. they made off the off the drugs and making them give it back to the states or to the government. You know, if you started putting them putting them in jail more often, I think they'd think a little different. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a crazy world right now, you know. It, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I was just reading about that, that whole North Carolina firing squad thing. And I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I will say this when I was reading the article, I was thinking, well, if I was a criminal, that would get my attention that this could be a result of that. I don't know why that would get my attention more than a lethal injection, but it just would. It had a ring. To, I mean, visually, I think I, I could visualize. I don't want that to happen. Um, I don't know. What do they have? They have the law that you can choose. They have they have the law you can choose which way you want to die. Is that it? Yeah, they changed it. They they added firing squad now to it. (laughs) Man, (laughs) not even taxes. How about guillotine? How about guillotine? Is that yeah? That's what. Is that next? You know, jeez, crazy, crazy. But you and I, you know, Tom, we both live in Florida. I. I moved to Florida in 2011, so the, the pill mill um, thing that was going on here, I, I came in at the very tail end. They were kind of winding that down, at least in my neck of the woods. Uh, I'm in South Florida from Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Is um, Now it's all the, the rehab houses. That's the big, the big con that everybody's doing. But before, I, I was watching all these things on uh, 2020 and all the news shows and everything about how, they were just writing prescriptions like crazy, man, down here. Uh, doctors just had rings of prescriptions they were handing out and, you know, cooking oh, half Yeah, a lot. I mean, were, you show up at 7 in the morning, look, you know, and there's a line waiting. People wanting to get in to get their prescription. I had, there was a doctor that I dealt with here in uh, in Tampa uh, years ago uh, for, you know, car accidents, and he was, a, he was an orthopedic surgeon. And he, you know, he saw how much more money he could make, you know, pushing these drugs. And three of his patients uh, died, and actually mm. the, the state attorney, the state attorney here in Tampa, prosecuted him for uh, second-degree murder, and he was convicted on all three counts. And he was already like 70 years old, and he got like 30 or 40. He has a death sentence, basically, mm. in prison. So you know, I mean, he was a nice as hell guy too, but he just he just made some bad decisions, and and I applauded what what happened in the sentence that he got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to go out in the, in a prison, <laughs> you know. No, I want grandkids in my backyard. You know, eat an orange, like what's his face in The Godfather, you know. I, 
<laughs> prison ain't the place to be. So, not that I've ever been. Made it a point. Yeah, well, you, know, <laughs> you know, but about the movie too, I'd like to say that. Uh, and first of all, Bill did a great job. I I can still hear his voice in my head sometimes. Some of these lines that he 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 delivered, it was fantastic. But you know, we tried. What we tried to do here is, is entertain you. No, we're not. We're not encouraging people to go out and start killing doctors or pharmaceutical executives. But we didn't want to make a documentary. You know, I didn't want to just spit facts out of. Mm. I mean, to to the audience. I wanted to kind of hopefully entertain them and, and then and then spill this this knowledge where they'll absorb it as they're as they're being entertained. And I, I hope we accomplish that. But that's why you know that's why we tried to make it as dramatic as we did, but also very heavy heavy laden with statistics and with the reality of of this epidemic. Well, I think you guys did a really good job with that because you really informed a lot. I came away from this movie, and I got to tell you, when I rewatched it the second time, I picked up on stuff I missed the first time. And um, like I said, it wasn't a documentary. It wasn't all, you know, highfalutin or anything. It was, you know, kind of an action action, um, you know, thriller. Um, I don't know, action. But it, was, it, it kept me engaged, man. I was watching this. And Bill, I think you you want you summed it up there. It was a revenge fantasy, and I dug that. You know, I'm like, mm, I like seeing people get their comeuppance. I really do. I don't know what it is about me. Maybe I'm the first guy with a torch <laughs> and a pitchfork. I don't know. It, I think it's in all of us. <laughs> to some degree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, had you and Bill worked together before, Tom? Or Bill? Oh, yeah, yeah. In 2014, we uh, we filmed Stress to Kill, um, which was why it was kind of a natural to, to, that I wanted Bill in this in this film, Painkiller, because um, he, he played a role that he was having a man with high blood pressure. And the only mm-hmm. way that he figured, he found out, and I played the cardiologist in the, in that movie, and uh, and I told him he's got to get the stress out of his life. I said, "What's causing you the most stress?" And and he says, "People." He, he says, "Sometimes I can't take it." And I said, "Well, you're gonna have to figure out a way to to, to get to get the stress out of your system." Well, he so he he sees a guy that's giving him crap in a coffee shop get run down by a car, and uh, his blood pressure starts to drop. So he he decides that he's gonna uh, he's gonna kill a- assholes. That, and and we figured we figured, look, it can't be. It can't be a gun. It's going to be, too, you know, too loud. Too, you know, he's going to get caught. And then right. we can't be stalking the guy. It's not. It has to be spontaneous if it's going to affect his blood pressure. So uh, he became the dart killer. We got a dart, a blow dart, and has some poison darts. And he starts nailing people uh. in a theater, in a car, all over the place. And, and he really did a great job. You got to check that out. That's on Amazon too. It's called Stress to Kill. But this this really wasn't a sequel. But the two characters, myself and Bill you know, came from stress to kill. So we just kind of carried on. He came to see me because he saw I was getting suspended from a medical practice. And, uh, and he, he wanted to help me since I saved his life when he had the heart attack. And, and we kind of, kind of take oh, off yeah. from there. Well, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I will definitely be watching stress to kill. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Cut me off in traffic. Will you? There you go, buddy. <laughs> Meet my dart. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's funny. That is awesome. Again, I think that, and, and like like Bill was saying, everyone has these fantasies. You know, everyone, um, you know, it, it deals with it. You know, it's uh, it's part of the modern world we live in. And you know, it's especially no. 
Bill, I don't know where you uh, are. You out on the West Coast, or are you here uh, in the Southeast, like me and Tom? I go back and I go back and forth between the two. My professional base is in Los Angeles, and my aging, declining parents are in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's my route I back you. and forth. I get it. Well, I was going to say, as you travel around, you'll know different things annoy me in, in either area. People are very self-absorbed on the East Coast, I have found, and it, it takes a little patience. I, I find myself learning those patience levels a lot. When I'm on the West Coast, people are a little flaky sometimes. <laughs> that that helps with my patience as well. Um, I I've, still got the dart, I've still got the dart gun to give me a sentence here, Jamie. Luckily, my blood pressure is pretty good. I'm surprised. I, 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 me and my doctors are very surprised. It was, I tell you, last time I was in the hospital, they did a liver test on me. It was the weirdest thing in the world because I just dreaded it. I, like I said, I've lived a fast life, man. I, I've lived some life, you know, and I was like dreading that result coming back. And they're like, your liver's fantastic. I'm like, did you sure you didn't mix up the charts, you know, like they do in the movies? And they're like, no, no, you're, <laughs> you're fantastic. I'm like, I don't know how that's possible, but I'll take it. <laughs> Damn Same right. with my blood pressure. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, well, this is cool. This is a, it's a great film, Painkiller. Like you said, folks, it's, uh, you can watch this on Amazon. And, you know, if, if you want to see more of uh, Tom or Bill, um, uh, we have their IMDb's listed and whatnot as well. Uh, Bill has been in, uh, you know, 4,958 movies. No, I, I don't think it's been that many, but it's probably not far off. And, and Tom's been in a few himself. Um, let me ask you guys this. Now, since you, you've got a winning team here with you guys and, and Mark and everybody that you work with, um, are the gears turning for the next project? And do you think it will involve the same crew? Hmm. I guess I'll take that one, Bill. Um, well, I don't want to give away or be a spoiler, but, uh, you know, we're, we're considering uh, it's, it's been such a fun ride and it just works so well that we're considering that Mark's flying to Tampa next week. We're going to spend a week together. We're, we're working on a couple other projects, and we're going to toss that idea around and, and see where it lands. But, yeah, we're, it's definitely got our attention. We were so proud of the way this film turned out, and the performances, and, and everybody everybody seems to – most people seem to like it, and we enjoyed it. And, and, uh, and so I think we, we, might, we might just have to have another one. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. So that's great news for me. Um, final question, guys. Final question. I know you both are very busy, and, and we're up against the time. Um, I could do one of those Joe Rogan things and spend three hours talking to you guys. You guys are fascinating. Um, the mask. Where's the mask? Whose office is it in? And um, <laughs> is it still around? <laughs> yes, it's still around. It's in my, uh, it's in my law office, uh, hanging, up on the, hanging up on the wall. So I get to look at it every day when I'm at work. <laughs> every once in a while, imagine I, you... put it on just to, I put it on just to live the experience. <laughs> You're going to – I'm just picturing somebody's going to get an attorney. Uh, you know, they, stuff happened. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're worked up for whatever reason, and, and they're like, I'm going to go – you know, I'm suing this person. I'm, I'm getting – this is what's happening, baby. Um 
cut me off in traffic when you shoot me with a fuck dark gun. I'm suing you. And you go into the lawyer's <laughs> office, and that mask is there on the wall. You're like, I found the right guy. He's a pit bull. He's a pit bull. <laughs> That's <laughs> wait, right. Wait a minute. What I should have done, I didn't think of this during COVID. You know, everybody's wearing a mask, right? I should come into the conference room <laughs> with that mask on. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, man. No, I know you guys, uh, speaking of COVID, I, I hope all, first off, I hope all your people are okay. Um, you know, uh, Bill, you mentioned your folks are, uh, you know, getting up there and whatnot. I hope everybody's healthy and, and made it through okay. Everybody's safe, yeah. Um, Thanks for asking. Good, 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 good. It's uh, all good here. It's been a crazy year. Now, were, were you both working during that? Oh yeah, as much as for for me, as much as I could work, yeah. You know, my business was severely impacted. I don't know about Tom's. Well, we were we were listed as as essential workers. You know, they allowed them to continue to work, and they thought lawyers they, they grouped us kind of in with the court system, and and that we we were allowed to continue to work. Um, you know, of course, with masks and stuff. So we were, but but my my business was impacted severely because you know nobody was on the road, and I primarily handled mm-hmm. auto accidents and, and torts and. And so we, our, my business dropped in 2020 at least 60, 65%. And it's just mm-hmm. now starting to, starting to come. But I'm not complaining because we stayed open and stayed alive. And put, some of these restaurants and right. people in the food industry are just so sad. There's restaurants I've been going to my whole life that closed for permanently because they just couldn't make it, you know, and it's sad. So I didn't, I'm not complaining. But, but yeah, we, we continue to work. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's well, hopefully it's coming back. I'm I'm hoping these theaters, you know, and I got my vaccine. I hope everybody got theirs and and doing okay and and everything. Um, I I get Windows updates in my head now. No, I'm I'm kidding, ladies. You know, I get your vaccine. Um, now in my business, I paint pictures for a living, and I think with the lockdown, my business slowed down a little bit. And uh, I was talking to my wife about this, and I said, I think everybody's, like with bread, baking bread, they're trying to do this themselves, paint these pictures. Found out it was kind of hard to do, and now they're back at me. So that's good. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And everybody, we we have a direct link on our um, uh, show page, and I'll be posting the link directly. Uh, as well on all my social media where you can just click on it and you get right over there to uh, Amazon Prime Video and, and buy a rest of that film and, and watch it. And it's a Friday night, man. You can watch it tonight. How cool is that? Yay. How cool is that? Uh, it's also on, it's also on Apple and iTunes and on most on-demand cable nice. systems. So. Very cool. How cool. Bill, that's got to be a cool thing, man. Once again, you can turn on the TV and see you looking back out at you. How cool is that? Um, that's not that's cool at all, know. Jamie. That's never, that's never <laughs> cool. You know, anybody who likes to watch themselves in this business is not a good actor. I've never found anybody who was worth a damn who who said, "Oh wow, I can't wait to see my movie." No. <laughs> I You're right. Like they all say, "I can't wait to make the next movie." <laughs> Well, yeah, that's exactly right, because you only – all you see is, is the deficit. It, it may be that way when you paint a painting. I don't know if you ever sit there and just groove and go, wow, this was perfect. I did great. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The, the few times that happens, 
And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I've changed art. This is what they're going to remember me by. I'm going to be in textbooks now. And I put it out there to the public, and everybody's like, yeah, I don't know, Jamie. You might want to take another swing at that one. <laughs> and it's the one. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, this ain't worth a damn, but I got to put something out. Oh. They're the ones. That's it. I'm buying it right now. <laughs> to me. That, that means. That means that means that you're an artist. I think that's the mark of an artist is never being satisfied. <laughs> Touche. That's very true. That's very true. Well, gentlemen, keep doing what you're doing. You both are real, real good at it. And man, I really enjoyed this film. I really liked it. Hey, and listeners out there, when you watch a film, I, this is something I've learned. This is very important. We live in an algorithm world. If you watch a film, there's usually a space wherever you watch it at where you can leave a review. It doesn't have to be a doctoral thesis, but, man, you know, write a couple sentences down. Put it, that helps with the algorithm and whatnot. And, uh, you know, share it with your friends, too. If you dig something, chances are your friends are going to dig it, too, because, you know, they're your friends, common interests and all that. Logical. Hey, Jamie, I, I want to thank you for being such a great supporter of independent film and independent artists. It means a lot. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Well, you're very welcome. I, it's my favorite kind. I'm telling you, man, I don't know, Bill. I say this, you know, because I'm trying to be cool, I guess. But if you were to make a superhero movie, I would watch that. But in general, <laughs> I get tired of superhero movies, you know. Um, yeah, I would definitely watch you both, either of you in a superhero movie. Um, but it's just the same thing over and over again, you know. I like independent films because it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's fresh. It'd be my age, man. You search out the new stuff. You certainly do. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Have a good night, everybody. And um, folks, this episode will be converted to a podcast. We're going to blast it out on all the social media and all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, chances are we're on it, man. We're on like 350 of them or something. It's crazy. Um, But cool. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a great weekend and watch Painkiller. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. God bless you. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, de Harry Hicks from Sverige, och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.